stand with me as we start our service and we'll begin with prayer as we move into worship. Father, we do praise you for this morning. Um, Every day that we have from you is a gift. And not just a, a gift to us, it may be a gift to others. You desire to use us to encourage each other to help each other in every way we can, to minister to each other. And every day is a day that you give us an opportunity to use the gifts that you have lavished on us. Every day is a day for your spirit to help us know you just a little better. And every day is a day when we can see you at work in our hearts and our lives, trying to make us look just a little bit more like Jesus Christ. We pray that you would use the songs this morning, that you would recognize that they are our worship offering to you, and that you would use the words in our hearts that we're not just singing songs that sound pretty or fun to sing, but that we would recognize the words talk about who you are and what you've done for us and our response, how it should be to you, love and honor and worship and giving of ourselves. So we ask you to use everything that's done in this service this morning for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start with um, a great old hymn. And um, I love to sing this hymn because it's talking about something we all want, victory, right? As Christians, none of us Uh, wake up that day and say, boy, I hope I can fail in serving Jesus Christ, right? Everybody's saying, I want to be victorious today. I want to defeat Satan in my life. I want to live for Jesus. I want to make a difference in this world. Victory in Jesus is an old, old story about a Savior who came from glory to save us all at Calvary. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sins And won the victory A victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me With His redeeming blood He loved me and I knew Him And all my love is to Him He plunged me to victory Beneath the cleansing flood I heard about his healing Of his cleansing power revealing How he made the lame to walk again And caused the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought To me the victory A victory in Jesus My Savior for 
sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion is built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. Sound like you believe it. <laughs> All right. One of our scripture songs is found in Psalm 32. This is a great psalm that I believe David wrote probably after um, his sin with Bathsheba and uh, his accountability to God as the prophet said you are the man and David realized his sin before God and he wrote a couple of psalms one of them is Psalm 32 how blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered by the blood of the lamb and we all experience that every day as we sin we can come to Jesus Christ we simply ask for forgiveness and we know the blood that he shed on the cross pays for each and every one of our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered by the blood of the Lamb. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered by the blood of the Lamb. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is blood to Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, you righteous ones, 
and shout for joy. Pray you open and out. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. And shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Thank you. You may be seated. A beautiful old hymn, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. The glories of my God and King, the triumph of His grace. And tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. The glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears. His life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avail for me. Hear him, ye deaf, his praise ye dumb. Your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold, the Savior come, and leap ye lame for joy. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad, the honors of my name. When I think about um, who I was and who Jesus saved me from the person that I was, it's amazing the depth of God's love. I, when uh, the person who wrote uh, Amazing Grace was a, a captain of a slave ship, and he was describing himself as a wretch. And as all of us have to realize how, how vile we are, how, how evil our sin was, that God still loved us. He still reached down and was willing to come and die on a cross to save a sinner like me, even me. That's what the song uh, really is about, how deep the Father's love for us, vast beyond all measure. How deep the Father's love for us 
how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon a cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed i hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin that held him there until it was a dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished I will not boast in anything no kiss no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. This I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot gain an answer But this I know with all my heart one before one more song before our scripture reading and uh, Steve's message taken from again the book of Psalms um, I would like God's eye to be on me. I would like him to watch over me day and night and for his, the, the concept too of his, his loving care and watch over us. Behold the eye of the Lord as those who fear him and those who hope for his loving kindness. Be 
scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Psalms. Uh, It's going to be Psalm 112. We'll read the entire psalm. If you brought a Bible with you, I ask you, invite you uh, to turn and follow along. If you didn't, there should be a Bible in the pew in front of you, or you can simply listen to the Word of God. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. How blessed is a man who fears the Lord who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. He is given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The wicked will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Would you pray with me? 
Father, we want to be the former and not the latter. We want to be men and women of God. We want to be people that if hard times, things come in our lives, we're not moved. We're steadfast. We know we're in your hands. We know you are leading and guiding and providing and taking care of us every step of the way. We have no need to fear. We're overjoyed at the blessings that you give us. We recognize every breath, every piece of food we have, our clothing, our houses, everything that we possess is because of your loving kindness and your abundant riches to us and help us to be thankful, grateful people for what we have. Help us be an example to the world There's a lot of people out there right now that are very scared, very worried. They have no confidence in this government or anything else, and they have nowhere to turn. We can be an example. We can be someone that shows them there is security, there is steadfastness, there is someone who can provide those things to them. And as you give us opportunity, we can share that. Help us to be a light in this world. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. I'm glad to see all of you here on this Lord's Day. This just a minute here. We might have plan B. You find it? Now, no. What happened is is well. Good morning. Glad you could be here. All of you who are looking online as well. Um, I always had my notes in this little folder, and I came here, and the folder was empty. I said, what happened? So I didn't know if I needed to do plan B, so I sent my wife out of the car, and there's another folder there that's got my notes in. So we're going to plan A. That's where we're at here, which I wanted to do. I was really wanting to do this message, so that's where we're at. Good to see you this last day of July 2022. Amazing how we're flying through the year. Start August tomorrow. But glad you could be with us here. We're talking about fearing God. And I would say one of the most important subjects that there is. That's because fearing God is necessary for our salvation. It's necessary for our spiritual growth. It's that which gives glory to God. And that's what God wants each one of us to do in every person in the world. That people are not fearing God is one of the main reasons that we have problems in our families, our cities, our country, and in the entire world. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, the conclusion of the matter is this, fear God and keep his commandments. So the conclusion, when all is said and done, is that we're to fear God. We're to do what he wants us to do. Samuel, in his final message, Israelites said this, be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. 
Solomon, in his introduction to Proverbs, said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. And so the beginning, the foundation of your relationship with God and really of your entire Christian life then is fearing God. It is so, so important. Deuteronomy 10, 12, Moses, in summarizing the purpose of the Jews, said this, And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? What's the first thing that Moses mentioned that list there? To fear God. It's foundational. It leads then to those other things, to walking with the Lord and to loving him and to, to serving him. This is how Peter seems, sums up things for the Christians. He says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Great summation of how we should live our lives. And so fearing God then is essential, it's foundational, it's fundamentally necessary for our lives. It's what every person should be doing, every person in the world should be doing is fearing God. Romans chapter 1 I'm not going to read this, but Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 320 then basically establishes the fact. All those verses in those three chapters establishes the fact that the root problem that people have is sin. They're disobeying God. They're not obeying God. And in essence, then, they are not fearing God. I want you to turn your Bibles to chapter 3. It's a conclusion of this section about our problem. In fact, I would suggest to you that Proverbs excuse me, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through uh, Romans chapter 3, is the single best section in the Bible that talks about our problem of sin and of not fearing God. So turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 10. It says, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are on their paths. And the face path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So we see, we see what the problem is. Sinners are not seeking God, and therefore they are ones who are unrighteous in both their words and their actions. We see that sinners are also ones who are miserable. You can see somebody who's not saved, and he might look like he's doing good on the outside, but really inside he's miserable, has no peace, and really has all kinds of problems and does all kinds of things to sort of cover over his problems. That's what he does. And it's all because of their sin, and the root cause and the reason for a person's sin is that he is not fearing God. That's what Romans 3 says very clear in many other places in the Bible. That's it. He's not fearing God. Proverbs 1, 7, we just mentioned, for the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. He's the beginning of knowledge. Then it goes on to say, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So in this one verse, we summarize the life of the saved and the life of the lost. One verse. The saved person is one who, by God's grace, fears God, knows God, and knows God's wisdom. The lost, by his own choice, doesn't fear God. He's a sinner. He's one who has rejected God and rebelled against God, and he despises wisdom. That's the lost. 
Romans chapter 1, which we're not going to look at here. We looked at many times before, but again, it's it's a great section of verses. Describes in much more detail what sinners are like and why they are sinners and why then they are fools. And the main reason we see problems then in people's lives, whether it's young people and families or in our cities, again, in our country, in our world, is because people aren't fearing God. What we see clearly in Romans chapter 13 is that God establishes authority. And one way you can tell that people aren't fearing God is where they don't respect the authorities that God has established in our society. Okay? God's established parents to be over their children. And when you see children not respecting their parents, they're not respecting God. You see children not respecting their teachers more and more. Not all the time, but you see it. You know what I'm saying. They're not respecting God. Then you have employers. More and more people aren't respecting their employers, or they're not respecting the policemen or the law enforcement, or they're not respecting you know, the government leaders. And in some cases, not even respecting the pastors and churches. This lack, lack of respect that people have for the authorities that God has established shows us they're not fearing God. And people then who feared God, don't fear God, disregard and disobey the laws. I, I see this so much anymore. People think, hey, I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to obey the laws. I'm going to do what I want, especially if they think there's no consequences. You see all this crime in the streets? You all know this. You know the crime's increasing in our country, especially in particular big cities. It's increasing. And, and they're not fearing God. And one of the saddest things is you have the law enforcement and some of these district attorneys are letting it go. Hey, he's a felon. You arrest him and let him back out in the streets, and then he commits some other crimes. You all know this. You've heard these stories. The problem is that people aren't fearing God. That's what it is. No respect for God. And therefore, they let these things happen. And it's, it's sad. I, was, I watched this. I saw this on TV. There's a couple people in New York City. I think it was New York City. The lady was there, but she had shoplifted many times, been caught, I think about 104 times. And she had the record. And they always let her go. She was proud of it. She, you know, she was wearing this nice, fancy designer shirt that she had stolen, you know, there's another guy, I think, he's got the record for men. He's got like 118. They just let him go. No punishment. It's, it's very, very sad. And that more and more people aren't fearing God is also seen in the increasing sexual sin in our country. The perversion in people's lives is just shocking. Turn to Romans. Well, you're in Romans 1 if you're there now. 24 to 27, talk about this. 24 to 27, therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchanged a natural function for that which is unnatural. In the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person the due penalty of their error. We see this. We know this is what happened back with Sodom and Gomorrah. I says, I think this is happening here more and more too. I just heard this it was yesterday, maybe Friday. Young ladies going to college, go to their dorm room. They've got some letter of who their roommate is, someone with a female name. They walk in there, and they say, according to Title IX, this is going to happen. Hey, 
this person is not a female. This person is a male. And this person's my roommate. You may have hair or clothes. You, but you're smart enough. This girl's smart. Hey, that's not a female. That's a male. He's got XY chromosomes. He says, what's going on? That can happen now. That can happen. That's, I just, just heard this. These kind of things. And you've heard these kind of things too. The people who, who reject God, who don't, don't know God, are fools, and God gives them over to their sin. That's what we just read there. Receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. There are consequences for sinners in this life they don't repent, for sure, in the next life. There's, there's no doubt about that. And now we see that this gross sexual sin is becoming much more prevalent in our society. Promoted in schools. Promoted in organizations and companies and businesses. Promoted in the music and the movies. Promoted, promoted again, by our government. I, I just heard this one about a week ago. Well, it was about two weeks ago. In fact, what I just read yesterday, there's 22 different states in this country where the attorney generals are filing a lawsuit against the government because, because the government is saying that we are not going to give you school lunch money. We're not going to give your kids their food if you don't allow the girls to use boy bathrooms and vice versa. If you don't let boys play in girls' sports. That's, that was an edict by the administration. And so you got 22 states. It's a lawsuit. I mean, this is sick. This is perverted. This is gross. And why? People aren't fearing God. That's the reason why. You read the prophets. I mean, and I wish we had more prophets here today in our country. But the prophets of old railed against sin, righteously railed against sin, railed against it, and told people, you better repent or you're going to perish. But God has mercy. He wants to have mercy. I want to do, and I talked about this last week, and I want to just do a quick review of, of, of what it means to fear God. It means you know who God is and what he's like, who and what. Who God is, his character, what he's like, his actions, and you rightly respond to him. Fearing God means rightly, rightly responding to God because you rightly know who he is. That's what it is. For example, God is holy, and God is just, and God must punish sin. That's just one aspect. That's a very important one. God's holy. He must punish sin. He's, he's also one who is, 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 is omniscient. I mentioned this last week. God sees every person. He sees you. He sees every person. The eyes, it says, of the Lord are in every place. This is Proverbs, watching the evil and the good. Every place. He knows what every person is doing. He knows what everybody is thinking. He knows what everybody is saying. And before they think and do and say, he knows it. Everything. Oftentimes people think that God doesn't judge because he doesn't see it. Or they think he forgets. Or they think he doesn't care. Or they just think there is no God. So I can do whatever I want. But the point is, the problem is they're not fearing God. That's what's happening. So, another one. God is powerful. God is strong. God is powerful. God is sovereign. You know what that means? That a person can't do whatever they want. 
God's in charge. God is in charge. Man plans his way. The Lord directs his... Just one verse that illustrates that point. And also God is wise. God is wise. And he knows exactly then what he is doing. And so you respect God, revere God, you humble yourself before God because you know who he is and you know what he's doing. You look up to him, you bow down to him, you honor him. This is what it means to fear God. Turn your Bibles to, to Jeremiah. There's no doubt all the prophets understood this character of God and the, and, and the actions of God. Jeremiah chapter 9, just a couple verses. Jeremiah could keep going because he knew the Lord. He knew the character of the Lord. He knew that if people didn't repent, they'd punish. He'd punish them. If they did, he'd have mercy. Jeremiah 9, 23, 24. Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. Let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So he, he knows the Lord and the qualities of God. Then turn to Gen, uh, Jeremiah 10.10. The Lord is a true God, the living God, and the everlasting King. The Lord is true. He's full of truth. He is living. He's alive. He's not dead. He's everlasting. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. So God, again, is, is one who is, is holy. Romans 1 talks about, 18 and on, talks about knowing God as one who is your creator, as one who's all-powerful, as one who made you, and therefore you fear him. Turn to Psalm 33. Psalm 33. Six through nine. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up deep and up the deeps and storehouses. We all understand that evolution has been taught in our schools pretty consistently for about 50 years now, maybe 60. Started particularly in the 60s. This has really been sick air, lie of the devil. Oh, God didn't create the world. It evolved, which is a stupid, not even a theory, really. And to start thinking about evolution rationally, it does not make sense at all. I'm not going to go into it here today, but, but God created the world. And here's the lie. And this is one reason, you know, well, there's, you evolved, which takes God out of the picture. That's what it does. It says in verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. He spoke, it was done, he commanded, and it stood fast. Next verses talk about God's plans, that they will not be nullified. God made the world, God has plans and purposes, that's what he is doing. Psalm 139, we mentioned this last week, in terms of God making you, says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It's important that you think about that sometimes. Think about, man, I'm an amazing creation. I'm an incredible work of God. Incredible. Your brain, your eyes, your feet, your nerves, I'm, I could go on. I mean, golly, I never took anatomy, physiology, and these things, but I, I don't need to to know that, man, we are really intricate. Our, our blood system, our vascular system, our digestive system, 
how all the food breaks down from the chewing to the stomach and into the blood vessels and circulates to every cell in the body. It's just amazing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's astonishing. We're wonderfully made. And God is the one who made you, and therefore you should fear him. You've all been outside when all of a sudden, especially here in Florida, when you hear this loud thunder, super large, super loud clap of thunder. That's happened to you. And it's caused by God, right? God causes the weather. And it should cause you to fear him. Different times I'm outside in, in Florida, of course, doing yard work is not fun in the summer. And I've got lots of yard work to do. It's hot. So I love to go out when it's cloudy. <laughs> but oftentimes when it's cloudy, there's some thunder. <laughs> and my wife sort of warns me, Steve, you know, thunder, lightning. I go out and... It's in the distance. I might see lightning way over there. But then all of a sudden, super loud. Boom. The fear of God came over me. And it should. You've heard that. Put the fear of God in me. It did. It did. I got inside. Whoa, I'm getting inside. That's, that's how I work at home. When it's just a distance, no problem. But it's right there. Whoa, get out of there. It should put the fear of God in you. They had the flood. You've heard about this, I assume. Western Kentucky. Excuse me, Eastern in southeastern Kentucky. It was a thousand-year flood, they said. Twenty-five people died, and they're going to find more. It's really sad. I mean, really, it's really bad. God did it. Whether you think, well, why did God do that? God's sovereign over the weather. Or how about July? It's the last day of July, right? Did you know that July 2022 is the hottest July ever since they've been taking recordings for 140 years this july it's hot average 86 degrees around the clock but you also know this july is the hottest month ever in tampa ever which means you got 1700 months going back to the 1880s first this month and so you're there and i do it too i'm sorry i, I know i do I complain. Water's too hot. I don't like it. God's in charge of the weather. He's in charge. Don't complain. Next month, two, three, is the busy, sometimes, hurricane season. We'll see what happens. God wants the hurricanes to cause people to fear him. The last verse in the best weather chapter in the Bible, Job chapter 37, says this. says, therefore, men, fear God. That's the summation of the weather chapter. Fear God. Then it says, he does not regard any who are wise in heart, who just say, well, that's just mother nature. Shouldn't do that. God's in charge. Never complain about the weather because you're really complaining to God. You should not, not do that. Psalm 130, turn there, Psalm 130. Verses 1 through 4. Out of the depths I've cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O oh Lord, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you. 
that you may be feared. The Jew Christian, at the heart, understands two things. He understands that God is holy and just, and that he must punish sin. Turn to Luke chapter 12, because I want to amplify that just a little bit. Luke 12, 4 and 5. Two, two, of, two of the best verses on this point. Luke 12, 4 and 5. Jesus talking to the people. Verse 4, I say to you, my Say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. We oftentimes get afraid of people. Just don't be afraid of that. I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And that's what God wants us, even as believers, to understand that God is holy. And yes, people may physically die and people kill somebody and they physically die, but that's not the problem. The problem is a person's sin that results in spiritual death and go on forever and ever. A person's then cast into hell. That's holiness. But the true Christian understands, number one, the holiness of God, and number two, the love of God, that God sent his son down to this earth. He died on the cross. He was punished on our behalf. God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And therefore, as Psalm 130 says, you're forgiven, and therefore, as it says, you should fear him. Now, now get this, because in some ways I'm thinking this may be the most important thing, this whole message right here. Right here. The true Christian fears God because he knows that God is holy and just and punishes sin but also because he knows that God had mercy on him and loved him and forgave him his sin. Both those things. And knowing and seeing both of these aspects of God's character should have a great effect on your heart and on your life. And I would suggest to you this, that a lot of Christians have problems because they don't see these two points right here. They don't see that they really were sinners and deserved to go to hell, but then God in his utmost incredible amazing mercy had his own son die to pay for our sins and show himself that's it that's the heart of the gospel seeing the holiness and justice of god met on the, met on the cross by christ and then his mercy that's it think about this we're going over this rather quickly here but think about this don't forget this point this this, this get you going as you go through life this is it the heart of the gospel the heart of your life I was a sinner, but Christ forgave me. He was holy, but he's also merciful. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness. Now, a Christian then fears God and should know that growing in the fear of the Lord is that which is essential for his spiritual growth and his spiritual success. We read this last week in, in Acts chapter 9, 31, says the church is going on in the fear of the Lord. And it was, it's a great summary about how they were growing and God was blessing. And, and so you think about your life. Could you say that? I, I'm going on in the fear of the Lord. This week, as we start August, I'm going to go on in the fear of the Lord. I mean, this whole concept is, 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 is 
so foreign to a lot of Christians. I hate to say that. The last 40, 50 years, and really throughout history we've seen this, but there's been an emphasis, you know, on a lot of these seeker churches. Emphasize the grace of God and the mercy of God. Well, emphasize fearing God, too. Both are important. Both are important. Fearing God. Knowing his love. And knowing that he's holy. That's important. Jeremiah 13, 4. Turn there. We looked at this last week, but this is, again, one of those good big picture verses. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4. Verse 4, you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. How do you follow God? First and foremost, you fear him. And you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. So we see here that first and foremost is fearing God is foundational. It leads to these other things. If you want to be more obedient, you fear God. If you hear God's word, but sort of forget it. You're not listening with your heart. Fear God. If you're not serving him like God wants you to, then fear God. If you're not clinging to him, have a close relationship with him, it goes back to fearing God. It is at the heart of all these things. All these things. I I can't stress enough the importance of fearing God, that it must be first in your life. That is going to be central and foundational to the entirety of your life. That's why this message is so, so important. Fearing God. Now, Now, fearing fearing God... Is what, what you're to, to do, but it's what, what God, God has, has to enable you to do. And we've talked about this. Anything good that you do for God is because God enables you and empowers you to do it, and that includes fearing God. Psalm 34, turn there. Verse 7 through 11. This is David's psalm, of course, we see from what he writes that he understood fearing God. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. The young lions do do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That's the point I want to get here is that to fear God, God's got to do it. So if you're sitting here today and say, you know, I, I, I know I fear God, and as Christians we all fear God. We, we have to to be Christians, but you say, I want, to, I want to grow more. This verse right here. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm eighty six eleven. unite my heart to fear your name. Just simple prayer. God, unite my heart to fear your name. Jeremiah 32, 40, God speaking. I will put the fear of me in their hearts so they will not turn away from me. So you pray that. God, do this. Help me to fear you more. Turn to Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Some of you might have these verses memorized. 12 and 13, work out 
So that so then, my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Some might say, well, that fear in God, that's just an Old Testament truth. No, <laughs> it's, it's the New Testament. And I mentioned verses already. This is one good example right here. This says you're to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And when it says work out your salvation, that means for the entirety of your life today and tomorrow, on until you go to heaven. And the, and the key, fearing God then is the key. Is foundational. It's essential then to fearing God. That's what we see here. What does verse 13 say? It is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What I just mentioned before, that God is the one who's working in you. God is the one who's enabling you and empowering you then to fear him and to work out your salvation. I love these verses. 12 and 13. 12, the responsibility. Man, you work out your salvation. 13, God's got to do it. Is that some of that, that gentle tension between our responsibility and God's sovereignty is seen in these verses and, of course, in many other places as well. As well. Now, shift a little bit. Proverbs 2 tells us another key to be in ones who fear God. And I want you to turn to Proverbs there, Proverbs chapter 2. And this is, this is a, again, a key point here today because we see that fearing God is what God commands us to do but it's what God must enable us to do. But there are some things that God says he wants us to do that will help us then to be ones who fear him. I want you to read, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I, I personally would say this is the most important chapter in all of Proverbs. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Right here. It says that, tells that knowing and having God's word in your heart is the key to fearing God. Knowing and believing God's truths and God's commands and God's promises and God's warnings is foundational to fearing God foundational. It says, though, that you read verses there that make you see that God says we need to have the desire and the desperation for God's word. We need to be ones who are seeking the truth and searching in God's word and studying God's word. That's, that's what we need to do. Best example I learned from, I've told you before about him, Mike Stolmar, a friend of mine. I knew him late 70s clear up till he passed away in 2012. But there's basically 35 years. I was in touch with him regularly, hundreds of times, on the phone, when I was in Ames, personal visits. And he was my mentor. But I'm, I'll never forget this. He told me many things, that's one thing I won't forget, is that he got saved working at the DOT there in Ames, Iowa, mid-70s, and he got saved. And so for his lunchtime, he'd go home and have some lunch. But you know what he really did? I mean, what was really important? He'd study God's word. He loved God's word. God's word was more important to him than his food. I learned from that. And he was just an example. <laughs> man. And he learned to fear God. And he was a very godly man. He loved God. He loved his word. 
So we're not just talking about casually reading God's Word. We're not just talking about coming to church once a week. We're not talking. We're talking about getting in God's Word, crying out for understanding, and searching for the truth like it's hidden treasure. I shared this story many times, but the example, but, but it's so simple and graphic. If you knew for sure there was treasure in your backyard, absolutely positive, what would you do this afternoon? Getting up to 96, that's the forecast. You get your water, you get your Gatorade, you get your shovel, and you start digging, right? That's what you do. Now, now maybe you might say, well, I might wait till 6.30 or 7. It gets a little, you know. That's what you do. It's the same thing true with this word. There's treasure here in the word of God. So when you go home, I got sheets back there. You got some of these verses here. You write them down. You look at the word. Look at it. Are you going to look at it? Are you going to study it? It could be like it says the Bereans are more noble-minded, for they received the word with great eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if what Paul was saying was true. Acts 17, 11. That's what God wants. That, that's the key. If there's not that heart, God, help me. I love watching my TV. I love my music. I love my food. I love whatever more than I love you, and I love your word, and it's not good. Then it says here, verse 5, you'll discern the fear of the Lord. So you see then that the word of God is foundational. Then you'll fear God, that it's resulting of having God's word, not just going in one ear and out the other, but in your, e- in your ear and into your heart. The result of that then is you'll fear God. That's what it says. What's that result in? Knowledge and wisdom. That's verse 6, which is exactly what Proverbs 1, 7 said, right? The one who fears God is the one who gains the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Fearing God also results, and I'm going to sum up verses 7 through 8 or 9, really the rest of the chapter. Just sum it up. You can't have to read it yourself. Fearing God also results in God guarding your life, God shielding you and delivering you from evil. Why do some Christians get in too much sin? They're not fearing God. Helps you to know what is right and wrong. Fearing God and being his word will lead you. And what is so graphically goes on to say at the last part of the chapter, protect you from bad relationships, from bad men and from bad women, and give you good relationships. In fact, turn to the end of the chapter there. 2022, the conclusion. So... The person who fears God will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous, for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. God will bless you, the ones who fear God. That's what he tells us. That's his promise. So again, I can't stress enough the importance, not just of fearing God, but of knowing and studying and learning God's word, for then you'll fear the Lord, and then God will spiritually bless you, and then you'll be able to live the Christian life like God wants you to live the Christian life. I want to just conclude this whole time, take another 10, 15 minutes, and look at a number of verses. And there's many, and I'm just looking at some that have this word, fear of God, and you'll see that it connects and it relates and it results in so many other things that God wants to give us. Psalm 115, 11 says, you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help and shield. You see what it says? People who fear God, trust in the Lord. That is, faith, trusting God, relates 
to fearing him. And the result here is that God will help you, it says, to do what is right. Help you to do what is right and shield you, protect you from what is bad and what is evil. That's what he's saying. You see that help and shield a lot in, in the Bible. To do what is right and to protect, protect, protect you from what is wrong. Revelation 15:4. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? You alone are holy. Fearing God leads to and results in God getting glory. Very, very simple. You want God to get more glory, you fear God. That's it. Very simple. That's what God tells us. We continue. Psalm 103. The Lord has compassion on those who fear him. When you look to the Lord, when you fear him, then God will look to you. He'll have pity on you. I say that in a, in a good way. And have compassion on you. That's what will happen. Compassion. Receiving the compassion of the Lord and knowing and feeling it in your heart results then from fearing him. Proverbs 8.13. Very important. Very important. Fear of the Lord is to, is to hate evil. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's a New Testament verse. How do we grow in holiness? It says we fear God. Fearing God helps you to be holy. Helps you stay away from sin. When you fear God, then you know that God is holy. You know that God is, 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 is righteous. And that there are consequences for your sin. Oftentimes Christians don't think about this that much. Oh, that's for the unbelievers. You go to Acts 5, Ananias is a fire. I believe we're believers and God took them out. God took them out. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, talking about communion. People come to communion and their hearts weren't right with God. And it says some were sick and some even died. Yes, there are consequences for believers who are not fearing God. I'm not saying what kind. I just said there are consequences, okay? So we can't be flippant about this. Holiness is so important. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. We don't talk about angels much. They're all over. I believe there's angels right here in this room today. Where do the angels go? I mean, I believe they help every Christian. But there's a special thing we see that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, saves him, delivers him. Isn't that encouraging? You fear God, you get this protection. God doesn't need to use anybody. He uses angels. That's just the way he does things. Malachi 3.16, those who feared the Lord talked to each other, and the Lord listened and heard, the, heard them. One key to having good relationships with other believers is to fear him. Really important. Two believers who fear God then have a good relationship, are united, have this, have this blessed relationship, this blessed friendship. It says in Psalm 119, verse 63, I am a friend of all those who fear the Lord. So you're talking about friendships. You want to be friends with those who fear God. That's what you want. I'm a friend of all those who fear the Lord. Psalm 34, 9, fear the Lord, you as saints, for those who fear, for there is no want for those who fear him. God meets the needs of people who fear him and people, again, who fear, but once you're looking to him or trusting him, and God will take care of people like that. Just a simple thing. You fear God, he'll take care of you. Proverbs 15, 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. People who fear God aren't seeking wealth aren't seeking property, aren't seeking treasures, but are seeking the Lord and are satisfied by the Lord and are satisfied by a little 
meaning they are, they are satisfied by the basics of life. Psalm 128.1. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. All people who fear God and are obedient will be blessed by the Lord. Psalm 115. He'll bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. Here it just says again that God will bless those who fear him. Those who fear God are ones then who obey God, and God then will bless them. That's what it's saying right there. And it says it doesn't make any difference on your status. And this is important. Whether you're small or great, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're young or old, man or woman, black or white or yellow, makes no difference. Makes no difference at all. God doesn't care a whit about those things. Not a whit. Not a bit. Okay? Those who fear him, small or great, will be ones who then are blessed by the Lord. Let's just go to Proverbs. I'm going to go through, read these verses very quickly. Proverbs, start in chapter 3, 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body, refreshment to your bones. Chapter 9, verse 10. Similar to Proverbs 1, 7, 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Chapter 14, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. 15, verse 16, Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. Chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. 22, verse 4. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. That word life appears a few times there. That's one way to sum up the, how can you have a good Christian life? You fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord leads to life. That's what we see there. Final verse here. Again, there's many more, but this one I chose. Isaiah 33, 6. He'll be a sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. We think of the key as being what? It opens the door. Y'all know this. Y'all have keys for your houses, I assume. You open the door with the key. Fearing God is the key. It's the key. It's the key to being blessed, the key to to pleasing God, the key then to giving glory to him, the key then to God using you in the way that it's the key. It opens the door. It opens the door. And so I want to encourage you all to fear the Lord. But most of all, remember, God commands you to fear him for your good and for the good of the church and for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for who you are, a great and mighty, powerful, sovereign, holy God, yet merciful. Let us not forget those two truths, that you're holy, but yet you're merciful. You should have. You could have punished us for our sins, rightly so. Sent us to hell forever. But you didn't. You had mercy on us. 
That is for all those whom you've chosen, all those who repent of their sins and put their faith in you, Father, and you, Lord Jesus Christ, and what you did on the cross, dying for us and then raising from the dead. We thank you for this. I, I, just, I just pray, God, that you would do this. We, we, I believe, all want this. And I pray that we'd be affected by your truth here and then ask you to f- help us to fear you. Get in your word because that's key, that Proverbs 2 verses there. It's so important. Let us, let us not be negligent. We can, we can get so caught up in so many other things, and each of us here know what that means. And for some of us, there's certain things that are harder than others, and we are tempted by this or distracted by that or put too much time there, and we must put you first. Help each of us, God, to have that time with you. Lord, where we're praying and reading and thinking, and, and God, you then are stirring our hearts. We ask you that for our whole church. As it says in Acts 9.31, so this church then can go on in the fear of the Lord. You can use us as you want. And for Bethel, thank you for Raphael and the other leaders there in the entire church. Bless them. Help them, Lord, as a church to go on in the fear of the Lord. And so, God, we just, we just thank you. We thank you for your love for each of us here. Lead us, guide us, protect us, we pray. Use us, God, for your purposes and glory. And teach us, says here, come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Unite my heart to fear you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to mention one thing before Bruce comes up here. It's really an example of ones who fear the Lord, and, and, and they don't know I'm talking about them now. They, they might. Well, they will in a second. I'm talking about Ralph and, and Evelyn Mann, and uh, uh, they're ones who fear the Lord. Uh, I, I say this because this Tuesday they celebrate the birthday of their son, Samuel. 6,209 days. And 24-7, every one of those days, no vacations, they've been there. Round the clock, monitors there, if it rings middle of the night, they get up. 24-7, little Samuel. And you all know Samuel, you've all seen Samuel, you love Samuel. They love them. They really love them. I mean, it's, it's you know, we, we, we talk about miracles, you know, and sometimes it's this great big miracle we see this day. Wow, look what God did today. This is a miracle. 17 years, God gave them grace. I mean, the faith they had. I mean, I've talked to them through the years. I married them a long time, 18 years ago. I mean, the faith, the faithfulness, the perseverance. Their love for God and their love for Samuel is just powerful. This is a miracle. We they call him the miracle man. It's a miracle what God has done to help them to be the parents through those years. Really, and we're just a small church, but, but we're the supporting cast here. And I say this to encourage you. Thank the Lord for how he's helped them, but you've all been an encouragement. They're here because of you guys and because of your prayers and because of your support. I really mean that. And so I say that because it's his birthday, and you can all go out and sing happy birthday. I told Evelyn last night, put him in his birthday clothes, okay? So I don't know what he's got on, but he'll be out there, and Evelyn will be doing the video, and you can sing, and whether you go in a group, whether you go one at a time, it makes no difference. She'll play all the songs for him. And he'll put them, you know, he, he has this little iPad, and he's, he's amazing. I don't know if you've seen him flip through the iPad. He knows how to find things. He can find things. So when we sing this song, he'll find it. Six months later, yep, they're singing to him. So it's just encouraging. But I also want to say that tomorrow, and, and well, let me just back up and say this. 
is that, that God has helped Evelyn and Ralph, but Evelyn's been the mover in this area pretty much, to be really pretty savvy on social media. She's got different accounts. And so the result is millions of people from countries all over the world have viewed Samuel and Ralph and Evelyn. I mean, and she'll tell you the stories. Millions of hits. It's incredible. Ralph and Evelyn, little Samuel, this little church. Amen, right? Thank the Lord. This is a miracle. I talked about the works of God last Sunday. This is the work of God. It really is. And, and your prayers are part of it, and your support, and your encouragement. So I just want to say that. But what's happening tomorrow is, is, is Evelyn did an interview. I, I don't know the whole detail here, but it's with, with this Christian station out, I think, St. Peter Largo. But, but if you go to, most of you have computers. If you don't, then you can be with somebody who does. But listen up to what I say, or you can write it down, I'll tell you later. It's, you go to CTN, that's, that's carrots. Okay, that's tomatoes, and that's nectarines, C-T-N, online.com. That's where you go. If you're up at 5.30 in the morning, it's at 5.30 tomorrow morning or 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. C-T-N, online.com. Got it? If you don't got it, I'll tell you later, but that's it. So, so go there, you'll be encouraged, and pray for it, because that's going to go, who knows where it's going to go? I'm just, that's another example of how God has used them, and so they're being a witness, and God's using a little Samuel. And I remember, I remember years ago, St. Joe's woman's there in the, in the room, and, 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 and she had been encouraged. Uh, and Ralph, have an abortion. You know, have an abortion. And she was adamant. Ralph was adamant. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. A little Samuel, 17 years later. So we thank the Lord for that. Let's just pray for him that God uses that and helps him to continue. Father, we thank you for this miracle. And it's really your miracle, Father, your work. It's really amazing what you've done. And thank you for Ralph and Evelyn and Samuel, too, and how they're a witness of your grace and your mercy, your glory throughout the world. And even tomorrow, pray for this little show that's going out, and who knows how many we'll see. We pray that you multiply it. Again, for your purposes, Father. We thank you again, Lord, again for this time. And just can I pray you continue to help us all for your purposes and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Activity-wise, coming up, we've got our Wednesday Prophecy Bible Study. So if you're able to come out this Wednesday, 645. And then the following week will be the regular Bible Study on Wednesday. So uh, activities there. And then our men's meeting is this Friday. Men, if you're able to come out and uh, have dinner and a Bible study, we'll start at 630. So that's this Friday. So a fairly active week. And then... Uh, we recently had um, Ken Fuller here. He represented Master's Academy. That was great. That's one of the three uh, missionary groups that our church supports with your ties. And in late August, we will have Frank Apiza. Um, so we'll give you a date on that, but just want to put that on your calendar late August for the Apizas um, sharing what's going on in Italy. So keep that in mind. And then just finally, as a note, um, 
to take this week and initiate with others, um, to enjoy that fellowship that Steve talked about as far as fear of God. That's something you can't experience uh, with unbelievers. It's something special with believers. So initiate, pick up the phone, send an email, visit with somebody, just be encouraged and talk about the fear of God. So keep that in mind this week. And now we have our last songs. And for offering, we've got our um, box on the back table. You can mail it in or give online. Thank you. If you'd join me, stand for the last uh, two songs. As Christians, we are constantly in a battle. Um, Steve talks about there's angels everywhere. Well, there's probably demons all in this room, too. Satan has his uh, minions, those who do his bidding. And he's constantly trying to pull us away from God, to talk us not to fear God, to have us give in to those things. But uh, the Apostle Paul, as he wrote his last book and wrote his last testimony, said that he had fought the good fight and he'd finished the course. God had helped him all the way to the end. And uh, as Christians, we're all, that's our goal. We're not just in it for a little bit, we're in all the way till the very end, until Jesus comes back or he calls us home. And uh, we long to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, to be able to say that we have fought the good fight and finished the course. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course. I have kept the pain. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord
the world says, I don't believe in God. I think he's dead. And they say he wants some proof. The song talks about the proof. Look at me. Jesus Christ is living in my heart. I can tell you who I was and who I am now. And I see him every day alive and working in me. I serve a risen Savior. He lives. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me I see loving care, and though my heart grows weary, I never will despair, I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast, the day of his appearing will come at last, he lives, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, thou Christian, lift up. Your voice and sing eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. From Psalm 31, 19, how great is thy goodness which thou hast stored up for those who fear thee. Amen.